Welcome to the Elan and Crystal Show for all your Sherwood Park and Greater Edmonton real estate and financial information. We promise to have some fun while providing you with tangible information. Now let's get started with our next episode. Hi everybody, this is Elan. And this is Crystal. Welcome back. Woo. All right, so today we are going to talk about the process between the offer and the removal conditions. Yeah, exactly. That space between. Yeah. And where we left off in episode two was on a pre-approval. Right. And you wanted something specific to say about that, didn't you? As a realtor, you were saying that pre-approval, once you've had that pre-approval. I don't want you to do anything that's going to compromise your pre-approval. So I don't want you to go buy a car. I don't want you to change your employer. I don't want you to do anything that's gonna hit your credit bureau. Yeah, so you went through all of that work to get your pre-approval done to make sure you knew exactly what budget you're working with within, the parameters to work within. So if you go out shopping and you've changed that, you've literally changed your entire shopping experience. Right. So that's really important. So you're going to stick with that and you're going to, you're going to make sure you don't change anything all the way up till you get those keys in your hands. But we're going to take you through that process right now. Right. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. I did have a, I had a deal go sideways because um, they changed employment. Yeah. And uh, it was not, it was not a happy time. So. Exactly. All right. So. All right, so, so now we're out shopping, right? Right. So we've gone through that pre-approval. We're out shopping. We talked a yeah. little bit about that in episode two as well. So if you want to go back and refresh yourself on that, but now we want to talk about okay, here is the offer experience. So I found this house, right? And I want to put an offer on it, and we've. And what are we going? What are we going to yeah. do next? What Kay. happens? Okay, so the very next step I would do before we were writing the offer is we're going to look at comparables. So we want to know what has sold around you for this price and probably in the last six, maybe 12 months, depending on the market. Right now, if I want a good sampling, I'm going back to September 1st of 2018. So today, okay. today is the end of March um, of 2019. So end of beginning of September of 2018, very similar market all for the last six months. So it's gonna give us a bit of a sampling of, okay, what's currently on the market, similar to the house that we're wanting to put an offer on, and what's sold recently. And then that way we can feel super confident about the number that we're going to go in at and also the number that we're going to stop at. Right. So I want all, all of that to feel palatable. I don't necessarily want to know the number you're going to stop at, That's a, but that's from a negotiating standpoint. For me, our final offer is what our offer is. Because you don't and want then, somebody overpaying for a home. Oh my gosh, no. Right. Especially in this market. What if they no. insist? What are you going to say to that client? I call that yeah. a love tax. So um, let's say we think we should pay $400,000 for a property and that's our final number and the seller simply will not go off of 405. Right. I, the, the difference between four and 405, I call that a love tax. If you love the house enough and you are willing to pay that $5,000 more to get it, it's totally up to you. If it's a rental, absolutely not because uh, we're, we're gonna wait. It's all numbers when it comes to an investment property. But if it's your property and you're gonna live in it for the next 20 years and it's exactly what we're looking for, it's arguable, but I would probably pay it. Right. Because $5,000 prorated over a mortgage over a long period of time, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'd want you to pay $20,000 more. Right. But, you know, I mean, $5,000, that becomes, uh, that's a conversation that we end up having. Okay. Yeah. So we come up with that price. Yeah. So we write the offer. Um, and then, so the first thing usually people want to know is the deposit. 
So there's the initial deposit, which we call, we call that consideration. So there has to be a deposit. There has to be some consideration given. I mean, it can be as simple as a pen. Obviously, a seller's not going to take a pen, but um, it's usually a thousand dollars initial deposit. Okay. Um, or and then we'll do an additional deposit. So when we remove all of the conditions, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, when we remove all of the conditions, then we give another say four thousand dollars. So it's a five thousand dollar deposit based on a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. So do those deposits change depending As the on the price of the home? Absolutely. Right. So if we're talking about a million dollar property, you know, they could expect a forty thousand dollar deposit. Right. And you could do a five thousand initial and another, you know, thirty-five on the removal of conditions, or you can just do all forty thousand at one time. It's a conversation for you and your realtor at the time. Right. And that's just showing the serious well, there's a couple things that are happening there. It's showing yeah. the seriousness that you have invested in that property. Correct. And it's showing that you're not going to walk away. Um, and that you're you're truly serious about that property because that person's counting on that purchase yeah. for whatever else they're investing in. Exactly. Yeah. So the size of the deposit is is showing how much skin you're willing to put into the game. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the deposit, the better. The sellers are happier with a bigger deposit. Yeah. And that deposit is counted as part of your down payment mm-hmm. on the on the mortgage lending side of things. That's part of that whole down payment right. amount. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then if, let's talk about conditions. So obviously financing condition. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is when, so when this contract, this goes, it's, this is on the offer. Right. These conditions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we say, um, so we'll, we'll set a time for conditions, which right now it's about two weeks for financing, <clears throat> excuse me, and a property inspection. So within those two weeks, which I usually call a due diligence phase, mm-hmm. We'll make sure that we can get all the financing. So then we kick it back over to you and you now make the mortgage um, process live. Yeah. Um, so you start doing your job in terms of taking that pre-approval and, and leveraging it against the, the address that we've now found. Yeah, and, and with make, an actual lender. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we're, now we're looking for the lender and, and you're looking for who's going to give them the best rate and also the best terms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you'll have usually about two weeks to get that done. Yeah. So, I mean, minimum, minimum seven business days, but any, yeah. more is best, of course, right? Yeah. More is yeah. best. Right now, it's typical for two weeks for any offers that I've been getting. That's um, great. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other condition would be a property inspection. Right. So, and we'll just use the same two weeks for the condition dates for the property inspection. I don't usually like to do the property inspection until we're about 90% of the way done with the financing. Right. So I, I would reach out to you as the mortgage broker and say, you know, how, how are we looking? Mm-hmm. I'll book the inspection because, you know, you do need time because the inspectors are getting busy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't want them to spend $500 on an inspection for a mortgage that they couldn't get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yes. So I'll, I'll do the inspection kind of middle of the second week. So there's plenty of time for the mortgage broker to get everything done on the financing side in the first week and a half. Yeah, yeah, because there's, and we're going to go through that financing condition in just a minute here, but there's a lot that's happening in that financing condition period. So Mm -hmm. you do need that little bit of time for sure, because there could be insurers that have to look at the property. There could be an appraisal requested to look at the property, and then that's booking people's time. So it's, you know, it has to fit in within that time period. Maybe the appraiser can't even get there for two days. And then, right. you know, so there's, there's a, a, a layers of stuff that's actually happening on that financing condition side. So the, the purpose, in case somebody's, you know, wondering conditions, well, those conditions are set in place to make sure that when you've removed those conditions, 
like you own the home. So you want to make sure that those that home, you can afford it, that the bank, because unless you're paying cash, mm-hmm. the bank is really ultimately the one that's owning most of that property. So they have to be good with the property and they have to be good with all of the, the stuff that's going into your financing. So that's what those conditions are for. They're really to just make sure that you've got that time to get those things absolutely set. Mm-hmm. Because in a pre-approval, what you referred to live, and I like to refer to it as live, it's not live. It's not sitting on a lender's desk. Mm-hmm. And remember, even if you go, uh, when you're meeting with that mortgage broker, they, the, they're not the ones lending you the money. Mortgage brokers don't lend money. They place you with lenders who lend the money. So it's the underwriting well team on the lender side that has to review that file. And so until there's an actual live offer in place, an accepted offer, then it becomes live. Then it goes to the underwriting team. And they're the ones that are going to be reviewing all of that stuff that the mortgage broker reviewed for you ahead of time to make sure you're ready to go. Okay. But they have to agree with them, with everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if, we, if you don't mind, I'm just going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that financing conditions. So two of the most difficult things when you're doing financing condition um, is to, to get confirmed on is the income employment verification, okay, as well as appraisal. So, um, and those are the, the most complicated ones. W- when you're doing income, and if it's a salary, it's fairly straightforward, but there can be ties up when the lender has to contact the employer. And so getting a hold of the employer can take up time. Mm. But when you're with, when you're commissioned or self-employed, there are a lot of documents that go into support, including like two to three years business financials and all sorts of cash flow analysis that goes into it. So that could take a few days just to analyze all of those documents. Right. So, you know, we gotta, we've got to make sure that that stuff is com- completely signed off on before we would remove that financing condition. And then the second complicated thing, or complex, I shouldn't say complicated, but complex thing, is the appraisal. So the mm. value of the property, so this is, if it's, if it's an insured file, which means you're putting less than 20% down, you're also involving an insurer, such as CMHC, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. They also need to like the property, also like the buyer who's purchasing the property, which means they have to like your income and your salary, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the same thing, sorry, <laughs> your employment. <laughs> um, you know, down payment, where's that all coming from? Is it legit? No fraudulent behavior there. So they're assessing that, and they're also assessing the property. And if you're putting more than 20% down, often an appraisal will be requested. There's two different kinds of appraisals. One is by using a third-party automated valuation report or a full appraisal. So a full appraisal actually requires a a person to go Mm. to the home and evaluate the property based on market and cost approach. So there's different ways that they use their tools. Their goal is to um, just value the property for what it's worth because the mm-hmm. bank is only going to lend on what the value of the property is. Right. Right. So if that property comes in at the same price or even higher, well, then good for you. You got a good deal. Right. If that property value comes in lower, then the buyer is going to have to pay the difference between the value of that property and the sale price. Mm-hmm. So that that can all take time and those are the more complex uh, aspects of the financing conditions. So we want to make sure that that's pretty well on its way, like you said before that inspection goes into place. Right. Because the appraisal can also cost about $300 or $400 depending on location. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's a few things there that we want to get in place. Which is why it's taking two weeks now. Mm. Right. For, for pre-approval or for approvals to get done. 
like yeah. a full approval. Yeah, because lenders are, are really, it's tight. Money is tight, lending yeah. is tight, regulations are tight, and they're taking, they're requiring more documents to be reviewed. Everything's just taking a longer time on that end of things. So that's why that those, those are 10 days now or 14 days. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I usually ask my buyers to get that in writing from the from their bank or from the lender. Just something. Just something that says go ahead and remove your financing condition. Because sometimes I'll have clients phone and say, Okay, my financing is all done and I'll reach out to the mortgage broker and then I'll find out that it's a conditional approval. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we are gonna remove conditions. Right. And it's a conditional approval. Yeah, absolutely. So when that, when that, so ahead of time, like me as a broker, I'll go through and I'll collect all of their income, mm-hmm. their employment and their down payment documents. So I've already done an under, I've already underwritten that file, but you know, we need to get updated stuff. So if they're out shopping for 60 days, we need to get updated things. So when I submit that file, I like to submit it with the entire document. So that gives the lenders time to review that stuff right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's going to happen is the lender is going to give what's called a commitment. And on that commitment is going to be a list of conditions that have to be met. And my job as that broker is to make sure those conditions have been met. Right. That they have reviewed. They have had their employment verified. They have had all their documents looked at, agreed upon. And those lender has to accept each of those ones. Mm-hmm. If there's anything outstanding, and we come say on condition removal day, and I say the only thing is outstanding is the waiver of conditions. Well, that's a pretty easy outstanding condition right. because that means that you I just, just going to give the paper. Right. Yes. So yeah. I let we'll let you know exactly where it's sitting. I always tell the client it's not me who's removing conditions. This is up to you to remove those conditions. My mm-hmm. job is to tell you where it sat, where it's where it where has the lender accepted those conditions, mm-hmm. and where that comfort is. If they still haven't verified your employment, I'm going to tell you it's risky. You may not want to remove your conditions until that is done. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So. That's why I like to have something from the lender to say, go ahead and remove yeah. the conditions. Yeah. And like, what I give is a little, so huh. this, all these conditions have been met yeah. with this one, which is just, you know, the waiver of condition, which right. you'll give to me as soon as you waive your conditions. Right. right? So, yeah. 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 Perfect. No, that's really good advice because some, some buyers don't understand um, that the difference. Mm-hmm. So some buyers think that because they did a pre-approval, right. their conditions are removed. So exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's a good idea to get that from the person who's working with them on the financing side. Yeah. Kate, mm-hmm. anything else with regards to the financing? Nope. I'm good on the financing. Okay. Perfect. The next thing is going to be inspection. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So again, once the financing is close to being done, we'll book the, the property inspection. We're actually going to do a, is it next week? No, two weeks. Yeah, in two, two weeks, weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll have a podcast about uh, with an inspector and just talking about uh, different issues with regards to inspections because that's a whole, that's not even one podcast. That's like another four podcasts. Yeah. There's so much information and in all of that. Um, so, but just from a high level perspective, um, you can also have a sale of buyer's home condition, which we won't get into now, but um, I mean, obviously that is a, that's a separate condition to your financing and to your property inspection. And also there's seller's conditions. So a seller can, can have a condition on a deal that says maybe um, subject to them finding a property. Right. Um, or whatever that looks like. So it is, it's not common, but it, there's, there is that opportunity too for a seller to, to have a condition. Now a buyer wants the seller to remove all of their conditions before they start removing their conditions. I definitely wouldn't do a property inspection. Right. While there was still a seller's condition. You bet. Yeah. So just all those things. And that's something, that's a conversation you have with your, with your realtor. But just so you know that that is an option. Hmm. 
Um, so then, so we, uh, we write the offer, we submit it to the other realtor, and now you negotiate. And negotiating can take four hours, and it can take uh, a, a week. So yeah. it really just depends on where you're starting from, the market, uh, the seller, how accessible everybody is, all of it. So it can be really, really quick. Uh, or it can be really, really frustrating. And keep, so. that, keep in mind that too, until that is an actual accepted offer, yeah. the mortgage financing side can't even happen until it's accepted. Yeah, so, so, um, so sometimes I'll pad, the, like if I'm writing it on a Friday, um, I'll pad it to like the, the following Tuesday or Monday or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's suddenly taking in like four or five days to negotiate, you need to adjust your condition dates. Yeah, absolutely. And potentially your possession date too, you know, like depending on how quickly your possession was. Yeah, but, if it was a two-week possession mm-hmm. and it took a week to negotiate, you're yeah. not moving in in a week. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So anyways, I mean, the, the negotiating is always fun. And also keep in mind too, you might not be negotiating price. You might just be negotiating possession date. Right. Or put some value on a possession date and say, well, if you want us to wait until then, then we're only going to pay you this or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So everything is negotiable. It's not just price. Right. Um, it can be condition dates, whatever. So that's the fun. That's the fun part. That's where you, that's where you shine. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Realtors yeah. enjoy negotiating. It's always, uh, and, and posturing. It's fun. Um, so that, so then, so let's say now we've got the offer we're pending now we're going through the process, um, and then condition removal, like Crystal said, just be 100% understanding that when you remove all of your conditions, you've bought that house 100%. Yeah. So if at that point, let's say you bought a property and you put a $10,000 deposit down, and you remove the conditions, and the other realtors put the sold sticker up, and the other seller's super happy, and then you back out of the deal, that's when you lose your deposit and potentially get sued by the sellers. Yeah. So every breach of that contract. Yeah. Cause you're in breach of contract. So everything during the due diligence phase is a hundred percent refundable. You no deposit lost, no harm, no foul. You find something in the property inspection or you don't get your financing approved. So you, you kill the deal, you get your, and your deposit back. No, it's all good. But it's just super important that when you sign that condition removal, you understand you are now, you have bought a house. But then also understand that you've bought that house according to that contract, but you haven't actually given the hands of the money hasn't actually exchanged. Right. So if you go ahead and change something in your, what your lender on the financing side on what the lender approved you upon. So if you've changed your now your income or you've decided to buy a vehicle and you've changed the way your credit bureau looked, right. your debt even though you've changes. even though you've had financing conditions. So it goes back to the conversation that we had at the beginning where okay, now you're approved, don't do anything to mess up your credit report. Yeah. But now jump forward, um, you've removed conditions, you've bought a house, you haven't taken possession yet. That still applies. Don't do anything that's going to mess up your credit rating. Yes. Whether it be your employment, purchases, buying a bunch of furniture on credit, don't do any of that. Right, because the lender is, is, is extremely invested in this property as well. For most people, they're probably owning you know, 80 to 95% of that property. Right. So, And they're banking on the fact that you are gonna be able to make that mortgage payment. So if you've now added on a $700 or $1,200 car payment, that mm-hmm. may change your ability to debt service right. that. You may think that you can pay for that, but the bank won't see that. Right. 
they have to follow some strict guidelines in those sort of ratios, those debt ratios. Yep. So you so, can't change anything. That approval is still always conditional. It's right. conditional until the day it gets funded. Right. Conditions that you're not going to change anything that they approved on. Right. So until there's key release, don't do anything. Yeah. I we say, can't say it enough. Yeah. Keys in hand. Yeah. Then go buy your car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> furniture, or, 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 or whatever it is. You yeah. want to go spend, you know, twenty, $30,000 on furniture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On credit. Yeah. That's going to be a challenge. Or suddenly decide to start your own company. Oh, yes. Don't Please do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Not, yeah. not then. Or even even changing employers because it depends on the lender that you're with as sure. well. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. No, it's really, really good advice. So then we have possession day. And you meet up with your realtor and you walk through the property and make sure that it's in the condition that you expect it to be in. That is actually language in the contract that says that um, that the the house is to be in a condition that you are expecting it to be in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, if especially if there's a tenant and you're going to wait three months to get the property, and maybe you kind of get the sense that maybe the tenant isn't too happy that you're kicking them out, it's okay to ask for a walkthrough. Um, I would probably do it three or four days before possession, right. mostly because if there is an issue, the lawyer has time to respond to a holdback. Right. If you do it the day before, it's, all, it's too late for new language between the lawyers. Right. So although there's still room for error, right, in the last three or four days before possession, um, it is hard for a lawyer to respond quickly um, if, if all the documentation is already written up and they're ready to lend. Yeah. They're ready to send all the money. Yeah. And you're now doing the walkthrough 12 hours before possession. It's too late. Yeah. But that is an opportunity to do a walkthrough before a long, especially a long-term um, possession time mm-hmm. where there has been a tenant. That would be another excellent podcast, actually. Yeah. And and we will also get a lawyer here. I think we've talked about bringing a lawyer and talking about yeah. that part. Because yeah. in this uh, you know moment, in this period between you've removed conditions and funding, the lawyer, the paperwork has now gone to the lawyer's office. And so yeah. there's a no, there another a layer of stuff of... that's going right. through on that, on that portion. So we'll, we will yeah. address that on another podcast. Yeah. Too yeah. much information for yeah. one. Yeah, no kidding. Day. No kidding. <laughs> so I think that's good for today. So yeah. basically just taking us through the process of we're ready to write an offer and now we have key release. You bet. So one, well done. Yeah. Good information. It was great. It was A pleasure again being with you. Always good to see you. All right. Have a good rest of the day. You too. For all your real estate needs and questions, contact Elan Lines from Remax River City. Visit our website, elanrealestate.ca, or call 780-970-3616. And for all your mortgage inquiries, contact Crystal Donnelly from Mortgage Sisters West. Visit the website, mortgagesisterswest.ca, or call 780-770-3616. 405-8663.